This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, a much-needed explainer on the massive, hours-long Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp blackout yesterday. And what's next for the embattled tech giant. Plus, Adele is back, almost. Oprah says no new friends. And Emily Ratajkowski reveals what kept her from speaking out about Robin Thicke sooner. It's October 5th. Hi out there. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It is Tuesday, and, well, for the first time since I moved to the West Coast, I can report that it does, in fact, rain in Southern California. (laughs) We got a dousing last night, but there's a saying that I'm sure the good folks over at Facebook were reciting yesterday. The sun will come out tomorrow, (laughs) and it did. We will break down that big tech tumble a little later, but first, there's news that is truly music to my ears. Adele is almost back. Like the rest of the world, I love this woman. And the 33-year-old loves us right back because she took to Instagram, once it was back up, and Twitter to share a tease of her upcoming single, Easy On Me, coming October 15th. So soon. In the black and white video, she's cruising in a car, sheets of music flying out of the window, and that iconic winged eyeliner is on point. Look up I Can't Wait in the dictionary and you'll see a little Janine face. So Adele is one of my BFFs in my head and so is Oprah who confirms that it'll have to stay that way because she is not taking on any new real friends these days. Oprah went on Hoda Kotb's Making Space podcast recently with her close friend Maria Shriver and she talked about their 42-year friendship that started back when they worked at a news station together along with her and Gail's 42-year friendship And she said, besides them and personal trainer Bob Green, she doesn't have anyone else in her innermost circle. She said, there's Gail, there's Maria, and there's Bob. That's about it. (laughs) That said, I'm sure Stedman is over in the boo category. So there's that. Now, moving on to a story that's heating up in the reality TV world, former Bachelorette Claire Crawley and fiancé Dale Moss split recently amid her mother's ongoing health crisis and rumors of infidelity on his part. But now he has 
spoken out. So here to give us the rundown on this story is People's TV editor, Brianne Heldman. Fill us on in, Brianne. Last summer, the pair met on The Bachelorette and got engaged 12 days later, leaving the show to bring on Tasha Adams as a new Bachelorette. Things between Claire and Dale seemed hunky-dory for a while, but Dale announced they'd called it quits in January. The split didn't stick, and by April, the renewed relationship was made Instagram official. Unfortunately, that didn't last either. In late September, people confirmed that the pair had split once again, and now it's getting kind of messy. Last week, Claire posted on Instagram saying she's focused on being with her mom, who has Alzheimer's and dementia and is being placed in hospice care. But, quote, I'm choosing not to speak right now on the details of my relationship because at the end of the day, anyone can put on an act and throw words together to form any narrative they want. Super sleuth fans noticed she'd tagged former Bachelor contestant Abigail Herringer in the post, adding fuel to rumors that she and Dale had hooked up. The tag was eventually removed and Abigail's reps did not respond to people's request for comment. But yesterday, Dale broke his silence in a statement to people from his rep saying, quote, Dale and Claire broke up in mid-September when Claire was in New York City spending time with him. Claire then chose to fly home to Sacramento and asked Dale to send her things. A couple of weeks later, Claire's mother's condition worsened, and Dale chose to immediately fly out to Sacramento to be with her last Tuesday. He says he flew to L.A. the next day for work but intended to go back to Sacramento. Only his number was blocked and he could no longer communicate with Claire. And the next thing he heard was Claire's social media post. Dale's rep concluded yesterday's statement with a hint at the Abigail rumors and a wish for Claire. Quote, Dale has chosen not to speak publicly regarding all these reports because he wants to give Claire and her family the respect they need during this difficult time. Dale knows what it's like to watch a mother's health deteriorate over time and how devastating that is. He wishes Claire nothing but the best and is keeping her and her family in his thoughts and prayers. In response, a source close to Claire tells people, quote, she is at peace moving on with her life, knowing the truth and not needing to prove or defend anything. Thanks, Brianne. My my heart goes out to Claire right now, though. Such heavy stuff to deal with on all fronts. And this next one's a bit heavy, too. We delved into it yesterday, but now we've got an update on model and actress Emily Ratajkowski, who just shared with people why she's speaking out now about being groped by Robin Thicke on the Blurred Lines video shoot back in 2013. People contributor Mary Park caught up with Ratajkowski on a recent red carpet, and here's what she had to say about what kept her from speaking up sooner. I was an unknown model, and if I had spoken out um, or even complained, um, I would not be who I am today. I wouldn't be famous. Mm, That just speaks to all those pressures women can feel in moments like that. Hopefully, this gives her some peace. Well, all right. Like when you were trying to post that picture yesterday, you've waited long enough. Now it's time to talk about that Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp outage felt round the world. The one that had full-time influencers very seriously considering getting a side hustle. David Pierce is editor-at-large of the tech publication Protocol. He's also reported for The Wall Street Journal, Wired, and The Verge. And he's here to break it down into layman's for us. David, thank you so much for joining us to dig into this. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, before we get into the why, 
okay, which I've seen a lot of people blame on Mercury being in retrograde. <laughs> Let's break down exactly what happened. Facebook went dark for hours upon hours yesterday, along with Instagram and WhatsApp. What exactly happened? So we sh- we don't know exactly, but at this point, we think we know. Facebook, like a lot of companies, is always kind of cagey about this stuff because the more they tell the world about how their systems work, the more security risks there are for those mm-hmm. systems. But basically, as we understand it, someone inside of Facebook or maybe several someone's made a very basic sort of maintenance mistake. And essentially, the way the internet works, uh, I will not explain the entire internet now (laughs) because I don't understand it either. But the way this one very small slice of the internet works is that if you're a company like Facebook, you have a bunch of systems called border gateway patrols that are set up to tell the rest of the internet where you are, how to find all your data, where your information exists, how to navigate through your systems. And you have these servers and there are these border gateway patrols or BGPs as they're known that tell everything what's going on. And Facebook, unintentionally, it appears, took all of those offline. So it would be like removing yourself from the phone book and unplugging your landline and just disappearing off the grid all at once. So Facebook, as far as the rest of the internet was concerned, basically just ceased to exist as a company for about six hours on Monday until someone, it sounds like, was able to manually get into a room full of servers and I guess unplug some stuff and plug it back in, which solves all problems all the time. Uh, and then Facebook got back online. Oh, my goodness. I mean, did they just need a break like the rest of us? Like you just wanted to, you know, not for a day? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Facebook's been through a lot. You know, sometimes you yeah. just need a day off. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, let's just talk about the ramifications of this. I mean, uh, global ramifications, because for us, it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and you think like, oh, I can't post pictures. But with what? WhatsApp, that, you know, I was reading had some really serious implications going on around the world. Yeah, I think that's right. I think especially in the U.S., it's really easy to see this as mostly sort of hilarious. You know, Facebook went down and obviously it was a it was a big issue for small businesses who use it to talk to Facebook or influencers who do it for a living and have no way to connect to their audience. But when you get to places around the world, especially, like you said, countries that rely on WhatsApp, that's how they talk to their loved ones. Like it, it is very much a public utility in mm, most of the world. Mm-hmm. It's how people talk to each other. It's how they connect. It's how they get work done. I mean, it, it would be essentially cutting off WhatsApp in a lot of countries would basically be like just burying your head in the sand and ceasing to be connected to yeah. the world around you. Like it really is that significant for a lot of people. Next up, more with tech expert David Pierce on what happened to Facebook and what it could mean for the future. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello, hello. I am back now with Protocol Editor-at-Large, David Pierce, 
discussing Facebook's unprecedented outage yesterday. So, David, now let's get into the why. Why did this happen? I know there are some, you know, conspiracy theories floating around out there, but do we know anything about, well, why everything went down the way it did? The as as usual in cases like this, the why is much less interesting than the conspiracy theories. Uh, by all accounts, this was just a mistake that somebody made, and the reason it was such a big problem. Websites go offline all the time. Yeah. Um, but what Facebook did here is Facebook built its whole system around Facebook, which sounds sort of strange, right? But you have Facebook's website, which runs on these sort of basic Facebook servers, all the way down to like the badge systems that Facebook employees use to get into offices. Yeah, they were locked out, right? Yeah, because it it was, I mean, it was the craziest, strangest, like dystopian Black Mirror episode of a day for (laughs) Facebook, because you get to the point where the same reason that Facebook is down is the reason you can't get into Facebook to fix the reason that Facebook is down. And, And there were Facebook employees saying, you know, when they built these systems years ago, you would ask like, oh, what happens if the systems go down? And they were like, well, if, if Facebook goes down, we have much bigger problems. And it's like, well, mm. yes, <laughs> here are the big problems. <laughs> but it was not it, it was not about the whistleblower. As far as we know, it was not about uh, any other things that Facebook has going on. It's very possible it was about Mercury being in retrograde. We definitely can't rule that out. But the the conspiracy theories seem to not be true. It's just that Facebook put all of its systems on this one way of thinking about the Internet and then made a very simple mistake that happened to break it all in a pretty spectacular way. Wow. And so, I mean, we we talked about or we hinted at this, that that elephant in the room, Facebook's whistleblower. Um, So the whistleblower testified on Capitol Hill today. um, If you can just get into a little bit of the broad strokes of what she had to say, this is all happening at the same time, which I spoke to those conspiracy theorists, people are like, oh, this is totally tied in. Yes. And I would just say again, no, it's not. Uh, I love the theory. I love a good conspiracy theory. Uh, but there's just no evidence that this one's true. Uh, but I will say the the things are happening right now is essentially that Facebook has known about all of the bad things that happen on Facebook and has sort of willfully ignored it in the name of growing. So all mm-hmm. of the misinformation about vaccines, all of the hate speech that that uh, this woman, Frances Haugen, who's been talking about this stuff, has been saying and has been leaking these documents to the Wall Street Journal saying Facebook knows. Facebook knows more than it lets on and it does less than you think. And that is essentially what she has said to Congress and the SEC and other folks that she's been talking to. And that makes the conspiracy theory about this even more fun, right? Because Facebook is like, well, what if we just take all our systems offline? Nobody can leak documents anymore. And the the timing is, again, it's it's rough in the middle of this reckoning about what Facebook knows and what its data shows and what its researchers are finding internally about all the problematic stuff on the platform. Yeah. Uh, but again, as far as we know, nothing to do with the outage. That was that was just different insanity to add on to the rest of Facebook's insanity. Lastly, just what impact do you think this will have on Facebook? I mean, uh, as you say, with everything that's going on, um, and then you have this not related technical major massive issue. I mean, just from a PR perspective, there's a lot going on there. But what do you think is the future, the immediate future for Facebook? I don't necessarily want to overstate this, but it feels like a total disaster for Facebook right now. Like mm-hmm. it's I cannot imagine a company I would less like to be right now than Facebook. Uh they have regulatory issues and they have privacy issues and they have people who are mad and now they've angered the small businesses and the influencers who they desperately need to be on their platform. I mean if I'm someone who has spent a lot of my time and energy building a business on Instagram or Facebook, 
all of a sudden, after what happened on Monday, you, you wake up and you realize, oh, I'm kind of at the mercy of this one company. And mm-hmm. I think I've talked to folks who really felt that, that it was like, okay, I need to figure out how to have systems that don't rely on someone at Facebook making this right server change every three months or yeah. else my livelihood disappears. So I think from Facebook's perspective, this one, honestly, at some point, it just feels like throw it on the pile. Like I talked to people at Facebook who are just like, whatever, more problems. It's just, they, they're just sort of like broken internally. But then... For for the outside world, I think this one will stick with Facebook because it's it's mm. one of those moments where all of a sudden you realize like, oh, Facebook kind of is the internet in a lot of ways. And I think when you have that sort of visceral moment when something like Facebook goes down, yeah. even after it comes back, like you don't necessarily forget that feeling. That was tech expert and protocols editor at large, David Pierce, on yesterday's Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp outage, and today's congressional hearing with former Facebook employee Francis Haugen. For more on these stories, head over to people.com. And now, a random question for you. Have you ever bought something that you wanted to tell everyone about? Same. That's why I love listening to G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where fun guests come on every Friday and talk about their best and favorite purchases and then tell you how and where you can buy them for yourself. Hosted by author Carolyn Moss, each episode is packed with fun conversation, great banter, and all the shopping 411 you could ever need. From guests like Gia Tolentino, who bought her favorite bra, and Sophia Carter-Khan, who bought the men's sweatshirt she's been living in during the pandemic. <laughs> G-Thanks airs every Friday, and you can follow along at G-Thanks Just Bought It pod on Instagram to get Rex and share your own. Happy shopping. And now, something to make you smile. On this day in history, back in 1962, a foursome from England took over the charts with their debut single, Love Me Do. The Beatles' breakthrough song peaked at number 17 in the UK and took home the number one spot here in the States two years later. The hit features lead vocals from Paul McCartney and John Lennon, who also played the harmonica. Ringo Starr on the drums, of course, and guitarist George Harrison. Take a listen. So fun fact, McCartney wrote most of the song when he was 16, jotting it down in his high school notebook. From doodling ditties to rock royalty. You hear that, kids? (laughs) Talk to you all tomorrow. And remember to subscribe to People Every Day on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. 